You are listening to the Staffing Tech podcast series. In this series, staffing executives offer valuable insights for leaders across the industry to learn from. The ultimate goal of the podcast is to elevate the discussion of staffing technology, provide actionable insights to decision makers, help listeners learn from the experience, successes, and sometimes failures of leaders who have innovated and are moving the space forward and enhance the future state of the staffing industry. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. In this episode of the Staffing Tech Talk podcast series, Brian Deladone discusses with AirSwift's CEO, Jeanette Marks, the extent to which technology can be a differentiator for staffing companies and what parts of staffing are likely to remain the same long into the future. Jeanette shares her advice on the use of technology for best-in-class candidate and recruiter experiences. The episode concludes with the importance of streamlining technology and how to measure the return on investment on the technology you decide to spend on. So Jeanette, the technology landscape is pretty crowded and, and you've been pretty adept at diving into it, but not all companies have maybe the same resources available that you do. Do you have any suggestions as to where expertise like this could be identified that might help with the, you know, wading into where in the market to start with bringing solutions to bear that could drive efficiency in your business? If you don't have the in-house expertise um, at your company, this is a great time to use consulting firms. There are so many different consulting firms out there and different people who've gone through these journeys before that can help you. I mean, Brian, your company does this. So Talent Tech Labs is a great example of you know companies that research this, that live it, that breathe it on a daily basis and really map out an organizational design and what the tech you know, should look like or could look like and how that landscape can come together. So I, I would I would say if you do not have the expertise in-house, do not be afraid to reach out to the experts that have it. And um, you'll be blown away by the type of response and insight that they do have to help you form your decisions. And I think that helps because you want some outside expertise as well. We, we get expertise from, you know, different, you know, conferences and by reading about it and by, you know, pulling up different you know, podcasts and, and, and videos and, and making sure that we're staying on top of the new trends. But those that are experts in that area, I think it's great to pull in and make sure that your strategy is sound and, and really pressure tested a bit as well, because there, there is so much out there to, to choose from. There's no doubt it's it's a pretty frothy technology environment. With your workforce, how how have you sought to keep them engaged, make sure that people that have been qualified by you once before are still in your sphere of influence as new opportunities come up to you? Do you have specific solutions? You don't have to name vendors, but I'm more interested in, you know, sort of the the approach to candidate redeployment and um, retention of, of good talent once you've identified it. So this is twofold. So we do have marketing automation and I think marketing automation systems are great in the way that you can design it to make sure that you're you're constantly staying in touch with with people and that you know at least the minimum is being done. At Air Swift, we have a different department which we call our service department. And our service department is all about our contractors. So we have service professionals that sit all over the world that really just focus on our contractors. And that is, you know, the constant 
you know, calls with our contractors, the constant follow-ups, the their engagement may be coming up within, you know, 90 to 60 days. So, you know, the calls out for the redeployment and how then they work with the recruitment teams on making sure that they're being re- redeployed. We have goals and measures around redeployment. We have extra benefits for people who get, you know, the in, internally that redeploy our contractors as well. So there's a lot of emphasis on our contractors. We focus in AirSwift on STEM professionals. So we have a lot of like science professionals, geophysicists, geosciences. We do a lot in technology, a lot in engineering. Engineering is one of our core competencies. And so these STEM areas, as everybody knows, are, are you know hard to find and hard to keep and in high, high demand. So our, our group that we've built out is really focused on contractor engagement and making sure that they feel that they're just as much part of Air Swift as our internal colleagues are. So they they are they are part of us. And I, it's it's interesting too, because this is different than some of the, the other companies where when we hire um, a contractor, they may not work for us just in one location. We end up moving some of our contractors over a couple of year period to five different countries. And we do so much more for our contractors too. When it comes to, if we're moving them to another country, we're setting up their accommodation, we're doing their visas and immigration, we're helping them with their banking, we're doing destination services to make sure that they know the new country that they're in and how to get around in it, et cetera. So there's the, the connection we have to our contractors is 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 a little bit different than the traditional, you know, staffing model that that's been built out. So, so yeah, definitely they get the white glove treatment. That's great. Are you referring to your mobility business or is that slightly different in the way that you're able to deploy technology to employ people around the globe, maybe better than even their full-time employers could do? So our mobility business was born out of our capability on our contracting side. So this is a really cool story of innovation um, within our company. So if you think about what I just talked about with how we move contractors around the world, we sat back and said, well, if we're moving contractors around the world and these are the requirements for it, why can't we do this for our clients' full-time employees? So we created a global employment and mobility division that's separate from our contracting business, separate people who work within it and who are focused on it. And we've done a couple of different things on the technology side for that business as well. And that business focuses on companies' full-time employees. So what that means is we recently had a client who had, they were divested from a large Fortune 500 company. So when in that divest, when they were divested, they have employees who work all over the world, but they didn't have entities set up all over the world. So we ended up being their their payroll, you know, outsourcing, and we started doing more HR outsourcing with them. And wherever their employees were, we set up, you know, all the compliance for them to get paid and to make sure that they could continue working for them directly while they were working through all of their entity setups, et cetera. Other times we'll have a client who has a major project and they may be in one country, but the project's in another country or multiple different countries. And they're not going to get, you know, a, a full entity set up in a structure because 
they're there just for a specific period of time. So they'll succumb their um, full-time staff over to us and we will take care of them in country. And then they'll move back when the project's over. So our global employment and mobility business serves a, a number of different areas. We mobilize people all over the world for clients as well. Sometimes it's just moving them. And then other times it's much more complex down to their, their payroll and taking care of them. So that piece of the business doesn't compete with traditional staffing at all. That piece of the business competes more with the crowns and cardices of the world. And we needed a new technology for that business as well, because it is not the same as contracting and the terminology is different. The, the level of service and care on that has, has different expectations as well. So we actually built the system that we thought would be right for it, kind of following our processes. And we built that, our back office is in Dynamics. And so we built that, the whole CRM in Dynamics. It's pretty interesting too. We actually outsourced the development of that, went to Upwork and found some great developers and worked with them on a scope you know, of what we needed and, and built out our, our technology to support that arm of our business through Dynamics. Well, that's great. You made reference to these temporary labor marketplaces with your your use of, of Upwork. I know that a number of staffing companies today are a little bit concerned about if this is going to encroach on their space. Besides taking advantage of it, as you have, do you see those temporary labor marketplaces as potential disruptors to um, the way staffing is being delivered today? I think it's going to continue to evolve. So they've primarily been playing more in the big area of the economy where you've got your physical offices playing more traditionally. And I do believe that there's going to be a convergence and we will, both sides will be meeting in the middle somewhere where you need a tech enabled, efficient way to work in the business, yet you still need the relationship layered on top of that and a bit of the people side of it, because people are making big decisions when they decide to leave one company and go to another company, or when they decide to hire someone, those decisions are not always just done you know, without a person helping to guide it through. So I think we're going to see a convergence of the two coming together. And I think that more and more traditional firms have been moving that way and embracing more technology. And the technology companies who are, you know, really about, you know, that software as a service, you start to see more and more of that customer kind of service part being added on to help with, with, with that flow and, you know, the people that work for them to help move it along. So, so we're, we're going to meet in the middle somewhere. I think that's a great observation. Certainly when those platforms came to market, the impression they were trying to give is that they could solve it all with technology, but as any staffing executive knows, it's, it's a a people business and and there is a layer of touch that's really required. So I think I agree with you that there's going to be a meeting in the middle where a certain service layer is required just to be able to deal with the human element of, of human capital. You know, it sounds like you've made a pretty considerable commitment to the use of technology and innovation. Do you find that your clients are appreciative or reward you, or is AirSwift able to get a premium as a result of being able to differentiate themselves um, based on your, your use of technology? Maybe working on the premium still. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great question. I, I find that what clients really want is they want the access, they want ease of use and they want access to data. So a lot of our, our clients that we have, like a client could have over a hundred people out working, you know, with, you know, on base 
different projects. And there's a lot of cost accounting that goes into how they need to be able to understand, you know, who gets charged for what within their companies. And I think the use of that data and the reporting that we can give them is a big benefit um, to our clients. So I would think as you're, as you're looking at your tech stack and how you put it together is if they're a non-VMS, you know, based client and they really need data in a different way, how, how can you differentiate on that side? Can you think of instances where clients have come to you and asked you to be innovative on their behalf, maybe adopt something that you hadn't already adopted just so that you could provide them with something that they needed, whether it's continuity of service, maybe, you know, more just in time, maybe, you know, pre-trained people that knew their specific instance. Any Anytime clients have come to you and, and, and asked you to uh, put your thinking cap on and, and come up with uh, a new and innovative way beyond what was previously being delivered? So we've done that with training. We've had to be very innovative with our clients in a number of different areas. But in in one instance, we had specific training that we needed to give to population of our of our contractors and from you know test certifications, making sure that everybody followed it in the right way. It couldn't be done in person either. So we used our learning management system, set up a whole separate instance for it, worked with their training department as well as ours to really build out the full curriculum and how they needed to test out of that. So I think the technology there was quite helpful and the client was really happy in the with the, the end result. I would say another one we had recently was just on, they were spending a lot of time just because they are, they're so complicated with the way that they're set up and the way that their workforce is, is set up around the world. And, and they really needed better visibility to how they were pulling it all together. So we worked with our Power BI team on creating exactly what they needed. And so now they've got instant access to it and they can manipulate it exactly the, the, the way that they want. So that wasn't in our contract to do. It wasn't, you know, an extra, you know, expectation from before, but it was a, it was a way to really just, you know, make a client really happy and do something a little bit unique for them in, in solving their challenge. So I think our clients have all sorts of different challenges when it comes to whether it's the skill set and upskilling or whether it's data and how they analyze it or whether it's work patterns and how they need to look at, you know, right solutions for it. So I think as staffing professionals, it's our job from a workforce perspective to make sure that we're really partnering with our customers and giving them the right information to help them with, with their solutions and their decisions. Thank you for listening to this, the third episode of Staffing Tech Talk. Stay tuned to the next episode, Technology Threats as Disruptors to the Staffing Industry.